Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Welcome each and every one of you to Vision Weekend here at Milestone Church. I want to welcome all those watching online. Welcome our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus, anyone watching this message later. Would you guys put your hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us. We're glad you're with us on the journey. If, if you're new to Milestone, you're like, what is Vision Weekend? Well, a couple of times or maybe three of periodic times in the life of our church and throughout the year, uh, I found that it's, it's very beneficial for us because we don't just wanna be just a mob of people, we really want to walk together and, and be a team and we call it family and be a family. You know, sometimes you, you gotta have a little regrouping, a little family moment. How do we all get together and, and, and go into the next season uh, walking it out together. And what I found is, is that even though we'll have Vision Sundays and we talk about some things related to our church, I found that in these moments, it's not just about clarity for us as a church family, it also brings clarity to your personal life. It brings clarity to maybe what you do in terms of business. It, it brings clarity to your marriage, to your parenting. It, it just is a moment where the Bible says when we cast off, that when vision is not present, we, we cast off constraint, but when God can give us some clarity so we can cooperate with where he's taking us, it helps restrain us and constrain us and, and give us some marching orders. So I, I find these weekends are, are really an encouraging time for all of you, and, and really, because we're in such a unique season as a church family, this is our last service, you know, in this configuration, it'll, it'll be documented in the annals of history, and, and uh, yet I, I think, man, what an, it's a crossing over moment, and next weekend we open our new space, because it's, it's such a unique time uh, together, we, we have been in a season this summer where we've been talking about vision, and I don't want to think every single person as I uh, took a team of people to Israel, and I'm excited about our fall series on miracles. You're going to love that. I shot from locations where we studied, that we're going to study the miracles of Jesus together, and took a little study break, and I'm thankful for everybody that's that shared with you, and it's been so helpful and calibrating and, 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 and very encouraging but, but I, wanna, I wanna now step into a, a little bit different set of vision type steps that, that I wanna talk about this weekend. And, and I wanna take some time just to pastor you a little bit and talk to you about your soul and really help you where you are personally because I learned a long time as a pastor, we can have all kinds of exciting things together. You have to be equipped personally to make the journey. So I, I wanna talk to you just about a, a new season and a, a new step. It's not the new year, but it's, it's always a new season when we come to August. And in some ways, it's like a new year because it's the, the new startup and kids and different things. And what I find is when, when, when we're turning the page to a new season, it, it comes with new challenges. It comes with some things going on, and they're all kind of interconnected. And I, I want to take us back to where I took us at the first of the year to really set our course for where God's taking us this fall. 
And I gave you at the first of the year during our prayer and fasting time something that God really put on my heart, and that is the word seek. This idea of, of seeking God, seeking him as a priority, putting him at first place. You know, we, we have a tendency to look to an expert or find a consultant or Google it or look for a YouTube video or find someone that can give us assurances and meet our expectations. When we go on a journey, we wanna make sure we've got all the risk mitigating facts. But, but you see, what God says is you need to not put me as second or third in the list. I wanna be first place. And, and the Bible says this. These are some verses we studied at the first of the year. Ask and it'll be given to you. Sometimes we never ask. Seek and you will find. I find a lot of people don't seek God because they think, well, he wouldn't listen to me. He's gotta be busy with something bigger. I don't trust it. See, if you seek him, he says, you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I love what the Apostle Paul in Acts 17, as he was talking to people who were not really insiders, they were outsiders. You may be here and think, well, I'm on the outside of this, this seeking God thing. That's for like seasoned veterans of the faith. No, he's talking to people really on the outside and trying to convince them that God is available to them too. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him. And when you reach out for him, you would find him. Though, get this, we feel like sometimes he's a million miles away. Paul says, he's not, he's not that far. Here's what I've learned along the way in my journey with Jesus. If, if you'll just lean in his direction, he'll run in yours. Seek and you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. He's not far from us. And we learned this at the first of the year. This was my message to us for us this year. Let's not only seek him, Let's seek him first. We spent the majority of the first of the year talking about how to seek him in the kingdom of God, how to make the kingdom of God a priority, how to put him at first place, central place, not second place, not third place, first place in our lives. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those things that you're worried about. He says, I can take care of those too. Seek me and I'll get involved in those too. And I wanna tell you as your pastor, I'm just really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. You guys have been doing that this year. You've really been seeking God like, like so many of you, you did it. I wish you could be on my little testimony thread that we have with some of us. And, and, and I, I gotta tell you, I, not that I didn't believe in you, but I, I'd be like, I expected a few of you to, but then like a whole bunch of you did. It'd be like, and them too, and them too. Like we had so many young people seeking God this year. Amazing, we had vacation Bible school, the largest ever, kids getting saved, families being touched. We had 56 camp, we had middle school camp. Young, young people this summer, I've seen a wave of young people touching God this summer. Amazing. High school camp, 500 something high school students. Did you hear that testimony? Where a sister said, I was 10 steps from my sister and she went forward and I fell on my knees and said, thank you God. Let me tell you, God turns in that direction. He sees that prayer. She's seeking God on behalf of her sister. 
We had 100 kids at what we call next-gen student leadership this summer. I got to do their last deal this, this, uh, this week. I got to be with them, mess with them, pick on them, push them, bother them, have fun with them. And man, I went around at the end. They, they did a Q&A with me, you know. It's kind of like stump the preacher time, you know. Like, what do we do with this? It was so fun. I went around at the end, and I said, what did you get out of this summer? And I heard kid after kid say, I learned to read my Bible and receive from God when I read it. I learned how to hear from God. I learned how to read my Bible. I learned how to grow. There was one group of young girls over here. I say young, 16, 17 year old. And they, and they one after the other said, I learned how to pray. I learned how to pray. I learned how to really be with God. I told them, I said, that will be an anchor thing that will never, ever not be important in your life. When you feel anxious, you know how to go to God. When you feel afraid, you know how to go to God. When you don't have the answer, you know how to seek him first. Of course, I had to mess with some of them too. They said, Pastor Jeff, what about dating? I said, oh, brother, you shouldn't ask that. Because <laughs> you girls need some help with that. You better get some help with that. You better get some voices because you guys are fickle and emotional. I told them, I said, you guys, I know how you work. I have three daughters. You'll be looking at a brother and be like, I don't really know if he's got it. I, I don't know. Get your friend there. I, don't, I think he's kind of cute. He's kind of okay. Then he'll DM you with a picture of his muscles and say, baby, you look hot. You'll be like, I want to have his children. I want to know him better. <laughs> Some of you feel like that's inappropriate. It's real, let me tell you. I'm like, y'all are fickle. You better get some mentors in your life in this area. 100 young people saying, I learned to pray. I learned to seek God. Freedom Weekend. We had, we had the testimony after testimony after testimony. How many of y'all participated in Freedom Weekend in here? So many of you. I mean, amazing. Getting rid of junk. Getting free. I saw pictures of ministry rooms where people were gathered, forgiving their parents, forgiving that person that hurt them, getting rid of the bondages, seeking God. Serve team. We had an emphasis this summer. We've added almost 750 serve team members just this summer. I'm excited about tonight where we're gonna gather as a serve team, worship God for the first time in this space and gather together and get ready for what God has for the people that we're going to serve. The Bible says, in the day of thy power, the people volunteer freely. I want you to know I'm proud of you for those of you saying, hey, I wanna give away to somebody else what I've been given. I wanna serve somebody else. Record numbers of baptisms this summer, people getting saved, getting water baptized, coming to know Christ. It's amazing, amazing. Can we give God a round of applause for people all across this environment, seeking after God, finding him, their children, their kids, their young person, coming to know Jesus, coming to church with trash bags in the back, sitting in the commons. Thank you to all of you. You are amazing. And you know what I love as a pastor? Like we just tell you about it and you guys do it. Don't you love that as a parent? Can you feel a pastor's, can't you just, isn't it amazing when you say, hey guys, you need to do this. I'm not telling it to you for me. I'm telling it to you for you. This would really benefit your life. Any parents know my pain. And it'd be like, and then they do it. 
You're like, I can't believe it. They did it. As a pastor, a lot of times I feel like the king motivator. Like, I want you to seek God. I want you to get in this. I want you to experience it. I want you to put your hands to it because I know you'll meet God and something great will happen. I feel like it's, it's like it's like a skill I have. Recently, some friends of ours, they're kind of like part of our family. Their daughter, she's a week away from going to preschool. So she's got to get something checked off before she goes to preschool because you can't go to preschool if you don't TTT. TT on the potty. And I just want to know, I was all you young families, I had to brush the rust off. I had to kind of get back in the flow, but I am anointed at this. I have done it. I could take it on the road. They said, what do we do? I said, look, I got your plan. First of all, you got to get rid of that ugly looking little stained pot that you got inherited down the family line. You got to get a better seat for her to sit on so it inspires her. So I got to, we got to get a Mickey seat. That's what we did. We got a little Mickey seat, little sit on Mickey. You want to sit on Mickey? No, I want to sit on Mickey. Once you get them seated, things start to loosen up. We start to get free in the spirit. Kind of sit on Mickey. Then I developed a little ditty. T-T-T, T-T on the potty. They're busy looking at dad like he's an idiot, and that's the trick. T-T-T, T-T on the potty like a big, big girl. T-T-T, T-T on the potty. T-T-T, T-T on the potty like a big, big. And then you got to have a pocket of Skittles. Want a Skittle? They take a Skittle. Shh. Hey, I'm for hire. I'm for hire than anybody. <laughs> Anybody out there that's fought with body traded is like, come on over, brother. Help us out. You know, sometimes pastors feel like, won't you serve God? Won't you get serious? Won't you commit to Jesus? Won't you actually read your Bible that you've had forever? Won't you get committed? Won't you actually be a real Christian? Here's a Skittle. You guys don't make me do that. <laughs> You're just doing it. And you know what? It's so amazing and so exciting to see what God's doing. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 12, because I thought about this. The first of the year, now let's, let's get practical here in my final moments with you, because I thought about this. I thought the first of the year we talked about seek and we, we talked about desire and we, we, we talked about the barriers, you know? Like, if you really believed God would be on the other side of you seeking, you would seek him more. And we talked about more of those things, but I began to think that for some of you out there, you're like, man, that sounds inspiring to seek God first, but it kind of sounds religious a little bit. It's like, how would I actually do that? What would that really look like? And so I want to spend a few moments showing you how to actually practically seek God. There's a new season for our church. There's a new season for your family. There's a school year with plenty of challenges. There's circumstances you're going through. There's work-related things. And you're like, okay, I, I need to know how to enter into this season and seek God first. Well, let's look what Jesus says. He says this, one of the teachers of the law, Mark chapter 12, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, 
Of all the commandments, which is the most important? It's so funny. Religious people always want to talk about information and dialogue and debate about stuff that's peripheral and doesn't really have central focus. Different message. He said the most important one, they're trying to trick Jesus. Most important one, he said, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. If you don't know this, that's the Shema. That's a, 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 that would have been a classic, very well-known prayer that Jewish people would know and pray. So Jesus is connecting to his audience. He's also saying something here. God is one. God is integrated, integer, congruent. He is not deficient or lacking in any area. He's not like us, fickle and kind of move here, there, don't know how to sort it all out. The reason we can anchor ourselves to God is he is one. Hero Israel, our God is one. He is stable. He is reliable. He is faithful. He is consistent. He is congruent. So Jesus says that, and now he gets practical. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. I love how Jesus had a way of taking things right to the main thing. Let's not get too far, let's not get in the, this is what it is. This is what it is. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. So he's connecting with Jesus, bringing it to this place. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. What is Jesus saying? You understand it at some level. You've given the right answer in a world today that thinks it's about who can give the right answer. He said, you're not far. And what is Jesus actually saying? Now you actually have to live it. Now you actually have to, all that stuff you're saying, now can you actually put it into practice? And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. I wanna help us in our moments here get real practical around what Jesus said. I want us to take Jesus' words, let Jesus preach, and let's unpack what Jesus is saying because Jesus gave us simple, simple enough for a, a, a child to understand, here's how you seek me. Here's what you need to prioritize. Here's what's important. You got all of this stuff. I know how you feel. You're like, pastor, do you have all this stuff? Every new season, every phase of life, I got a lot of news in my life right now. I got our church and I'm trying to help us transition to this new space and I'm believing God for the CEOs and all the things and working with my team and making sure you know how to get your kids checked in and all the stuff, the news, the news of helping all you get all the sheep. We're trying to tell you. You'll show up and say, they didn't tell me. We're trying to tell you. We gotta get all the sheep, right? So I'm, I got that and then, then, then I got a new phase because my, my oldest daughter's Having a, having a grandbaby, so I, I, it's new for me. My wife this week brought in a pack and play. Like, what do we need that for? We already did that. She's like, Jeff, we, we need this because he's gonna be, and the, ba the crib's, I said, you bought a crib too? Yeah, yeah. the crib's upstairs, and I mean, when he's little, I can't carry him up the stairs. This, he's got a pack and play down here. What if he needs to sleep around? I said, like, this is new. This is new, I'm learning. 
There's nothing coming from Amazon to my house that has fishing baits or anything that I want. <laughs> Sippy cups and diapers. And I'm like, this is learning experience here. I realize now that grandbaby means every time you say their name, it costs you a grand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is new. Okay. Lauren Elizabeth, my third child's going off to college. The youngest is going into seventh grade. My wife is someone, when she eats, she has her broccoli, her potatoes, her chicken. When I eat, I just mix it all together because it's going to the same place. And so life is more like how I eat because we got the baby, we got the this, we got the building, we got Lauren going to college, we got Lainey, she's going to seventh grade. I gotta, I gotta get the rust off. I've done that, but I forgot. Seventh grade girls need to get saved. <laughs> and she's anxious, and then their sister's leaving, and, and one day it's like, Lauren's leaving, and the next day, I'm glad Lauren's leaving. When's Lauren leaving? <sighs> and it's like all that, and I know where you live, so you're like, how am I gonna have a good semester? How am I going to participate with our church and enjoy what God's doing in the kingdom? How am I going to handle the new in my job, my kids, my situations? Here, Jesus told us how. Number one, he said this, worship me with your thinking. Think about what you're thinking about. Worship me with your mind. I'm going to think God thoughts. You're like, what does that mean, Jeff? It means that you have to start thinking what God's thinking in the situation, not what you will naturally have a tendency to do. Some people say, I don't know how to meditate on God or, 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 or I don't know about this like thinking God thoughts. If you know how to worry, then you know how to prioritize thinking because worry is only prioritizing something other than what God is saying. A world filled with worrying anxiety, why? because we're filled with opportunities and reasons to be more anxious than we've ever been. Jesus says, let tomorrow take care of itself. I wanna give you grace for today. The man is for today. God, I will worship you today. I will think your thoughts today. I'll put a gratitude journal together. I'll say all the great things about who my God is. And you begin to think God thoughts. The Bible says as a man or as a woman thinks he also connects the heart, where we're gonna go in a minute, that that internal self-dialogue and soul-level, heart-level conversation is influencing your life. God, I'll submit my thinking to you. I'll give you my thoughts. I, I, I put together a few practical things because I think a lot of times, some of you are like, okay, I wanna do that. I wanna seek God, I wanna worship him with my mind, I wanna submit all of my rational, deductive, I've got it figured out, here's what I need to do, all of me being God in here. I wanna surrender to God and think what God's thinking. You know, that's really what preaching is, by the way. Preaching the word just means I'm preaching to you the word of God, the word begins to change how you think and change your perspective. When you read your Bible, when you confess scripture, when you get that in you, what is it doing? It's changing how you think. So you don't just have to be like, oh, I'm passively getting a lobotomy, but no, you gotta actively now do what the word says. Number one, renew your mind, the word says. 
Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't, don't, don't think like the world thinks. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Those of you that went through Freedom Weekend, you had forgiveness. You've experienced that. You, you, you've had what, what, what the Bible says, that if you don't forgive, you're tormented in your own soul. You've given that over, and now you, you got, I gotta, I've let go of a burden. I've got, but now you've got to literally begin to change the grooves in your own mind that you've created around that hurt or that thing. But it literally, there's scientific discovery that you can create in the brain new neural pathways of thinking. You change how you think. Literally new grooves. Renew the mind. Renew my mind. The next one is you set your mind. This is, a, this is an active participation. You set your mind on things above. This is why worship is so powerful. Confession of the word is so powerful. Listening to the preach word is so powerful. Being in the presence of God's people and around the atmosphere of God, you then say, I'm gonna think on that which is above. I'm gonna set my mind on that which is above. Set your mind. He says, here's another active participation. I'm gonna take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I don't know if you ever have to do this. There's just times... Again, this week, we're trying to get you guys, trying to get the facility, got this. I got a couple of major pastoral things, just walking some families, some major challenges. Got the, the kids, the this, the college, the that, and this. And, and, and you have to sometimes just say, I'm not going there. There's nothing good down that path. I'm not going there in my mind. And, and this, is not, this is not gonna be encouraged on your feed or on your news feed. We live in a world today, you get extra credit for going there. People encourage you, frustrated, angry, offended. I'm offended. Everybody's offended. And we just think that's okay. Let me just say, I'm talking to somebody who's a born again, Bible believing, spirit filled, wants to follow Jesus. There's no allowance in this Bible for being offended. There's no allowance. You have one allowance, die. I'm gonna die to myself today, that Christ may be resurrected in me. This is not easy, but sometimes you just have to say, I'm taking that captive. I choose not to go down that path. I will choose the joy of the Lord. I, these various trials that I'm encountering, consider it all joy. That sounds loony. But I believe the word over my feelings. I'm gonna take those thoughts captive. I'm gonna think, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Then the thinking, you say, I'm gonna worship you with how I think. It'll give you a new season if you worship him in how you think. Second thing is worship him in your heart. I'm gonna take my heart, I'm gonna going to keep it pure. And this goes back to our world we live in today. Accentuates feeling. This is how I feel. Now, God knows that's how you feel. You don't have to try to get offended, to get frustrated, to get mad, to get angry, to get upset, to get afraid. You don't have to try to do that. That just makes you a human. And we all have those times where we go that way, but if we really wanna seek God, we have to understand that our heart is deceitfully wicked and our feelings lead us astray. And let me say to some of you, you are not, 
You are not identified primarily by how you feel. You're identified by who Christ is in you who's greater than. And you have to learn how to say, Lord, I'm gonna bring my heart afresh and anew before you. I bring it before you. I, I, I re-up. We had our staff meeting this week. I gathered our whole staff. And man, we got all kind of things to do. I said, here's where we're starting. We're all re-upping as just surrendered followers of Jesus. We say yes to you afresh and anew like we did the first day, Jesus. We wanna trust you just with that same giddy faith, childlike, Lord, you are our, we re-up in our hearts, Lord. Keep our hearts pure, because blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Lord, I give you my heart. Let me give you one that I've struggled with here, okay? That, that I wanna give you, because this is where I think you can get trapped in worshiping with your heart. You could do a whole message on the heart because it's all about the heart. But here's one that I think traps a lot of us up in worshiping God and keeping our heart in a good place, and that's this. Here's how God works. He starts with revelation. He gives you revelation and says, okay, now, so, so some of you that are new in the Bible, what's gonna happen is you're gonna hit one and be like, oh, tithing, oh, oh, forgive your enemies. Ah, don't like that one. I kinda like kill my enemies. You're gonna hit this. This is an equal opportunity offender. And there's gonna be all kind of crazy stuff and you're just be like, really? But, but see, what, what he starts with is he reveals his truth to you. And then he, all he asks, here's what he asks. He doesn't ask for a SWOT analysis. He doesn't ask for a calculation. What, what hangs us up in our heart so much is God's trying to take us to a certain place and we're trying to make sure we have assurances. What, what, God, make sure my expectations are met out there if I say yes to you. God doesn't do that many times. He just asks for a simple yes. Okay, Lord, you've revealed yourself to me. You've showed me your desires. You've confirmed it through your word, through wise counsel. Yes. And so what we look for is many times, again, revelation leads to obedience, and then maybe. Everybody say maybe. 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 That was weak. Maybe. maybe. Maybe you get illumination. Maybe you get why. Maybe you understand what the journey was about. God's so gracious and good, the more you walk with him, every, many, many times, he'll be like, see? See what I was up to? Be like, oh, Lord, I just couldn't see what you could see. But he's not required. He's not required to tell us why. He's not required to give us all the information. He just asked for our yes. You're like, could you make that, Jeff, you use a bunch of Asians, revelations and illumination. Let me make it real simple. Here's how you keep your heart right. God said it, I did it, and maybe I'll understand it. Maybe over here I'll understand it. But either way, God said it, I'm gonna do it, and out here, sometimes, somehow, God is so good, he shows us. Just because this is our last service in this configuration and just the season we're in, I've used this before, but it just hit me as I was preparing this message of what all is happening. I, I think back to, to the beginning days of Milestone Church. I was 27 years old, and I was gonna plant Milestone Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, had a group of business guys, one of the guys I'd met on a mission trip, they had a group of them together They were really wanting a church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Remember, this is many, many years ago, 20 plus years ago. 
and they wanted a church and they had funding and resources. There was also another large church that their church wanted to plant a church in Charlotte and everything was coming together. I went and met with them, way more funding than for this. On paper, it all looked great. There was one problem. I went there for the second meeting and was meeting. I went back to my hotel room. I can remember the room. I remember what it looked like. I remember sitting on the bed and I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, go back to Fort Worth. Go back to Fort Worth. Now, I, I began to argue because it was like, there's all these churches in Dallas-Fort Worth back then. It was like, man, it was like, go fight with Bible Belt people. I don't have a lot of tolerance for religious people. Jesus didn't either. And I was just like, I don't wanna go do that. And I don't wanna do it. And I, I talked to my pastors and they actually confirmed it and talked to my wife and confirmed it. It was like, you need to go back to Dallas-Fort Worth. See, I was wanting to leave Dallas-Fort Worth, the Bible Belt, so I could reach all these lost people. And now I look up and go, I got illumination today. Because all of you, I didn't need to go find you. You were coming to us. How many of y'all not from Texas? Raise your hand. Welcome to the promised land. Are y'all with me? So you say, how did that work? I don't even know how I had the grace to say yes. You're like, you must be a real spiritual person, Pastor Jeff. I'm just like you. It didn't look on the analysis, but it's called the leading, the Holy Spirit. My sheep hear my voice. God can lead you too, but you gotta keep your heart postured to quit having all the expectations and assurances that God owes you a bunch of explanation before you say yes. Keep your heart right. Here's the third one. He says, do it with your strength. I'm talking about how we're gonna seek God this coming season. He says, do it with your hands too. Did you see what he said? Do it with your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's this element where he's like, I also want you to worship me with your hands. I want you to use your hands. And, and I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but your thinking is connected to your heart. Your heart is connected to your thinking. And your hands are connected to your heart and your thinking. It's called even kinetic learning. See, see, you can sit and study all kind of love your neighbor, but it doesn't become real till you actually love your neighbor. So when you're loving your neighbor, when you're serving someone else, when you're reaching out to someone else, then it's like, I feel worship, Lord, as I, it's not like we're doing it to please him, we're doing it because we have so much pleasure in him, and I'm doing it, and I, and I, and I, and I sense you, I sense your closeness, and so, can I give everybody a visual picture? Camera, get right here. This fall, if you wanna experience God at a greater level, you need to worship him with how you think, your heart, but you also need to not live like this, but live like this. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. And as you do that, you know, a lot of people say this, well-intended spiritual people go, you need to get it from here to here. How many of y'all have ever heard that? I need to get it from here to here. There's even teachings on that, the distance between here to here. Biblically speaking, it's not from here to here. 
in here, Jesus Christ, you were dead in trespasses and sins. Jesus Christ comes, saved you, brought you from death to life. He lives on the inside of you. The spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in here. But now you've got to get that to renew your unsanctified thoughts that have been passed down to you generationally and that you've read on the internet. People say, go to church, they'll wash your brain. You need your brain washed, quite honestly, because there's a bunch of junk up in there. And you need the word of God and the spirit of God. And I'm not led by my feelings. I have the fruit of the spirit. I have peace. Why? The prince of peace lives in me. I have joy. I don't have to muster it up because he's on, in, on the inside of me. I have the fruit of the spirit of God on the inside of me. But you know what I've seen in our world today? What's so dynamic. That's what I love about all of you. Because you're activating your faith. We live in a world today that sits around and postulates and, and dialogues and debates and talks about problems and thinks like screaming about issues is changing the world. But what's amazing is when a lost and dying world sees some people actually get it, not just here, here, but here, they go, whoa, 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 whoa. I think it's actually harder in our world to get it to here and activate it. I'll give y'all an amazing story of this. There's this group of three young friends, Hudson, Oakley, and Violet. They heard about our backpack drive for school drive that we are doing, we just did here this week, amazing. They heard about it in their kids' class, heard about it from their parents, so they got together and brainstormed some ideas. Yeah, this is, this is crazy, y'all. They took their tooth fairy money and set up a lemonade stand. These are heroes, okay? They set up a lemonade stand with a sign on it that all the money from the lemonade stand goes to the backpack drive. They raised $150 and gave it all to help other less fortunate kids have a backpack. That's called... I love that. You don't have to wait to be great at Milestone Church in the kingdom of God. You don't, there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no third class membership. These are young people who heard the word, listened to what God said, and did it. I think it's amazing. We're gonna get a chance next weekend to thank God, worship God, give God our best and our miracle offering. And, and, and this is what I love about you is we're, it doesn't stop with this transition. We're gonna continue to just find ways for God to use our hands to touch the hurting and the broken, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. If you're here today and you say, I'm not right with Jesus, I'm not in a right place, there's all the things related to all the intricacies and complications of your world, I understand it, we all live there but you'll never solve it in your own wisdom. You'll never approach it with the strength you need in your own strength. You start with surrender. And wherever you are, even if there's somebody out there online right now, you just say, Jesus, I just surrender to you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead. I receive you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Come in, be my Jesus, I accept you today. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know so we can help you learn to take steps. But there's a second group of people that you've been on my heart. Last few weeks, I've been praying for you. 
And I, I just want you in this moment to say, Lord, I wanna seek you first. I'm gonna do with you what I did with our staff. Lord, we re-up, we're yours. Our hearts are yours, our hands are yours, our thinking is yours. Lord, we put you at the first place. Lord, 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 have your way in us. We don't need the illumination, Lord. We just say, speak to us, and the answer's yes. We wanna seek you with all of who we are, Lord, because we know every time we seek you, Lord, Lord, we repent for trying to fix everything at work or fix everything in our families or find some expert. To, Lord, we seek you. We knock on the door of heaven, Lord, and we know you'll answer. Every time we seek you, we will find you. And Lord, I pray your great blessing upon every person, every home, every business, every family, every single person, every college student going back to school. Your blessing in hand upon our church as we take this next step. If you don't go with us, we don't wanna go. We wanna be with you every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.